Hello and welcome to another episode from One to Wicked. My name is Madison Timmons. And I am John Taylor Timmons. And we have a really exciting episode for y'all this week. So this one is actually from a place that I'm very fond of. It's from Scotland. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am also fond of Scotland. So... I was familiar with this spirit to a certain extent because we went to Edinburgh, well, Scotland in general, for our honeymoon, um, and we actually visited this spirit's grave on oh, Halloween. Oh, I think, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yes. Uh, so this is, in my opinion, a very, very frightening spirit, um, and so I'll stop beating around the bush and we'll go ahead and get into it, okay. uh, but... This spirit is named Bloody Bloody Mackenzie. I knew it. I knew it. Yep. So Bloody Mackenzie is uh, one of the few malevolent spirits that I could consider possibly demonic that were alive at one point. Like he could be a demon, but, you know, he's one of those spirits that Chris likes to talk about that loses all empathy and okay. he starts to go over to the other side. So like a very, very malevolent spirit. Yeah, you'll, you'll understand soon. Yeah. yeah right. JT, I, I remember a little bit from the ghost tour. Uh, we didn't ghost, get to talk a lot about it. But no, we, we didn't talk it. It was like she was even like afraid to talk about it. She was like, she was yeah. like, and uh, then there's this uh, person called Buddy McKenzie. Uh, you should probably just read about him on the internet when you're not in Scotland. And yeah. I was like, uh, well, okay. So that <laughs> tour um, was predominantly a Harry Potter tour because I am a Harry Potter. Oh, fan. that's what it was. Yeah, it was a haunted Harry Potter tour in the yes. graveyard and all that. Yes. Okay. Uh, because that his, sense. his uh, grave resides in Greyfriars Kirk, which yeah. is a, uh, which is the Kirkyard. Excuse JT, adjusting my microphone. Um, But yes, that's the Kirkyard that inspired J.K. Rowling for a lot of the different characters, Mm -hmm. including Tom Riddle. Uh, That's where she got Tom Riddle's name, because if you go into one portion of the Kirkyard, there is somebody actually named Tom Riddle. And um, so she got him. She got McGonagall's name from that Kirkyard. Yeah. And... Actually, Bloody Mackenzie is what inspired uh, the Bloody Baron. But uh, I personally would say that the Bloody Baron in Harry Potter is way nicer than this guy. Okay. So let's kind of go into his history a little bit because he's got a rather expansive history. So Bloody Mackenzie, when he was alive, his name was Sorry. His name was Sir George Mackenzie. Sir George Mackenzie, okay. Yep. He was born in Dundee, uh, so he was not born in Edinburgh. Okay. And he was born... South- and that's, that's northeast. Yes. That's, no, that's, that's, a, that's like a little bit north of Edinburgh, but yes, east. Yes. Okay. Um, he was born sometime between 1636 to 1638. It's not really well documented, but... That is the general time period that historians have kind of been able to decipher. But when he grew up, he decided he was going to become a lawyer. So he actually studied at three uh, universities for his law degrees. He studied at the University of Aberdeen. He studied at the University of St. Andrews and the University of Borges. 
and Bourges. Bourges. I would say in, Bourges. In France. Probably butchering that. Yeah, excuse my um, pronunciation on some things, but yes, uh, it's in France. But after he passed his bar in 1659, he officially became a lawyer. But very quickly, he would rise up in the political law scene. Oh. And he would actually become... So a lawyer and a politician? Yes. No wonder he is so evil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually would get appointed as justice deputy mm. from 1661 to 1663 for the witch trials in Scotland. Which a lot of people don't talk about the witch trials in Scotland because a lot of times when you think of witch trials, you think of the American witch trials in mm -hmm. Salem and things like that. Yeah. But Edinburgh had a pretty intense witch trial okay. um, deal going on. They yeah, I remember I remember um, on on that same, I think it was the same Harry Potter uh, ghost tour. Uh, it was, uh, the, she showed us like this place. Where right the pond was. Yeah, where the pond was, where they would drown them. Yes. So their main method of trying to decipher if you were a witch, and we did this in America also, yeah. was basically they would tie rocks to your ankles. And if you were able to get out and you survived, you were a witch. If you died, you weren't a witch. So you were kind of screwed. <laughs> that is a way. double whammy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We were um, <laughs> basically saying, like, mm, we want you to die. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that was what was going on in Scotland as well. So this is one of the few things he actually did right. So he would actually defend the women in um, 1661 to 1663 as by dismissing them as just harmless old ladies. Oh, wow. And so he got a lot of women taken off trial during the witch trials. Oh, so that's a positive thing. That's why I was saying this is one of the few things he did oh. right. Oh, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like that's gonna take. Uh, I get. I feel like that's gonna take my malevolence meter down a little bit. Well, just wait. It gets worse. Okay. Um, this is just a minor thing that he did, in All my right. opinion. Um, but after he served as justice deputy, he would also serve on the Scottish Parliament for the county of Ross. Okay. And in 1677 was when he decided to start his ruthless tirade. Oh boy, the on, start of it all. Yes. So, so, so it sounds like he was like an okay person up to this point. What do you think changed? Power. Definitely. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Um, I think right. honestly, a lot of it, a lot, a lot of the good things he did, I think, was to help aid his political career because you need sure, to gain favor to sure. get Sure, sure. That's uh, the power. It's a politi yeah. uh, politician's way. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Um, and in 1677 was when the uh, covenanting movement started. And I do have to get a little bit of background of the covenanting movement to understand fully just how awful the situation was. Okay. But the covenanters in Scotland were those who were a part of the Scottish Presbyterian Church. So... Um, Charles I was trying to impose rules on the Scottish Kirk, which was the church, and they were revolting because they did not want their forms of church government and worship intermixed. Okay. And so they were starting out this entire movement, but Mackenzie would actually be appointed as the Lord Advocate of Scotland during that time period. And so he was mostly in charge of dealing with the Covenanters. Gotcha. Now, one of the main reasons why he got his nickname, 
Bloody Mackenzie was after the battle at Bothwell Bridge in 1679, where the Covenanters were defeated. And on orders from Mackenzie, thousands of Covenanters were taken prisoner and they it, they were sent to Greyfriars Kirkyard, and it okay. became the world's first concentration camp. What? Yes. Yes, because he... I thought that was solely like a, a Holocaust not, thing. Oh, no. This is considered the first concentration camp in the world because it was way, obviously, way before Nazi yeah. Germany. Sure. Um, but he literally kept them there, wow. barely fed them, and most of them... In, either died from malnutrition or they died from the brutal Scottish winter because they were exposed to the elements. Yeah, that, sounds, so, like a, yeah. that sounds like a concentration camp. Yeah, it? and so, um, but some of them, when they were brought to Greyfriars, Mackenzie ordered that they would be hanged and some beheaded and they would put their rotting skulls around the walls of the city to um, show that if you revolt against the, the government, this is what's going to happen to you. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so Whoa. he tortured thousands of people. This guy kind of reminds me of, of uh, what, what's the Russian, but uh, not, not Putin, um, uh, but uh, the other psychopath. What is it? <laughs> the um, Ivan the Terrible. Oh, yes. Yes. He, yeah. he reminds me of Ivan the Terrible just off of this. A little bit, yeah. So, yeah, he's doing all these nice things, trying to, mm-hmm. trying to you know, sweeten the deal, make everyone trust him, and then, boom, he's just Absolutely. like. He's just, he's just an awful person. Yeah. And wow. um, basically, the only way you could leave the concentration camp without dying was if you renounced Presbyterianism. Okay. Like publicly. Um, but if you were ever caught practicing that religion, um, you would immediately be killed. Wow. So, yeah. It, that time period in Scottish history is now referred to as the killing times because uh, around 1,200 Scottish people would die from either, obviously, the diseases or the winter yeah. and things like that. And they were all buried where they fell in Greyfriars Kirkyard. It's, it's crazy that you hear about these, like, these places in history where all of these horrendous things happen and the government and the people, they all either support it or just let it happen. Like, you know, yeah. same thing. But now they're just so awesome. Like, like and now they're, right. like, the locations are so awesome. It's like Scotland and Germany and I think the majority of countries have had just really really bad times but they but it shows like that they're able to recover you know it shows that they're able to recover 1600s you know i know but still so but you gotta remember too during that period there was a lot of poor people in scotland and so it was really hard for them to stand up against the government yeah because they could not handle losing the father of the household or the mother of the household they couldn't stand losing somebody like that so nobody even tried to stand up to the government got it which made it easier to control them okay um but there were a few people that were actually um uh traded as slaves to australia from greyfriars kirkyard amongst the presbyterian covenanters and when they were shipbound to australia around um you know, I think it was like a thousand people were on that ship, and they all died from their sick or their ship. A thousand sinking. people on a ship. Yeah. 
How big was the ship? I don't know. I mean, it must have been like massive. Well, I'm sure it was crew and the slaves. But that I was know, part but of their still, slave that trade. is just insane. Mm-hmm. So McKinsey is allegedly responsible for the deaths of around 18,000 people. Okay. And um, he was kind of the main reason for the killing times. But he would eventually die. Yay. Yeah, he would eventually <laughs> die in 1691 in Westminster. Okay. But they would send his body back to Edinburgh so that he could be buried in Greyfriars Kirkyard amongst yep. all the people he killed. Now, now, is this the grave that is like cylindrical? Big, yes, it's a big mausoleum. With the hole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the hole? Yes, we're, we'll t- yeah. we're going to talk about that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah. Oh, this is cool. But yeah, so, <laughs> well, I just want to bring up the irony of this, though, uh-huh. that he got buried in the Kirkyard... Amongst all the people he killed. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you that- can imagine how that would torture a soul afterwards, you know, when you're surrounded by all the other souls that you tortured it in sucks. life. You know, it does. It sucks. Sounds like hell to me. So, yeah. Um, now, as a spirit, he is referred to as a poltergeist, which I think is taking it lightly. Uh, and really, yeah, you'll understand. you really think it's that's taking it lightly, a poultry guys? Yes. Okay. Heard. Yeah, you will understand. Heard that, chef. So, basically, one of the first events of this. Now, of course, uh, Bloody Mackenzie's grave, his mausoleum, has been like kind of a, a place of people gathering and ooing and awing over it. But there wasn't a ton of activity from it until one particular event. Okay. So it was in December of 1998, mm-hmm. and a homeless man wandered into the uh, um, into Greyfriars Kirkyard because it was storming that night, and he was looking for shelter, you know, as one does. Yeah. So, and he goes down into the Kirkyard and broke into the old mausoleum that he found, which happened to be Bloody McKenzie's. Oh, now, he was probably attracted to it because it does have a very intact roof to it. Yeah. And it definitely looks like a pretty solid structure. But inside the vault was a pitch, um, it was pitch black. And he started exploring around in the mausoleum. Right, row. Yeah. And with... The little light that he found, he removed an iron gate in the floor and descended a short, twisting stone staircase and entered a second chamber. There, he came across four wooden coffins, and perhaps he was looking for something to steal. He was looking for valuables, mm-hmm. uh, but he began smashing open the caskets. So, real quick, when this when this guy, just put a pause on that, um, when this guy uh, was, when he died... Was he, like, celebrated? Because it sounds like a... Ma- I remember seeing it. It was a really big mausoleum. No, it wasn't that he was celebrated. He was just rich. He was just rich. Yeah. So That's he could just pay did. for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That just... He's like, I mean, he's got a staircase. Exactly. Just for, like, <laughs> people's questioning of sorts, anytime you go into a cemetery, just because they have big monuments on top of their grave, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were a good person. Yeah. A lot of times it is because they left in their will or they left, you know, behind wants um, and money to pay for it. And people are never going to say no to building you a mausoleum or things like that. Even if you, you, you know, it. killed 18,000 people. people. Sure. Right. You, know, you get what you want. 
right. Exactly. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he starts smashing open the coffins. Okay. And as he did, a hole suddenly opened up beneath his feet and he fell through a wooden division into a third chamber, the extent, um, the extent of which had been previously unknown. Whoa. And so the intruder, he landed in a deep pit that had been used for illegally dumping those who had died from the plague. What? Yes. What? Yeah. So, huh? well, okay, so this goes back, Edinburgh has a lot of history, y'all, so it's hard to go into all of this, but Edinburgh had a horrendous stint with the plague, and they lost a lot of people. Yeah. So they dug mass graves, and apparently... They must have dug a mass grave in Gravefriars Kirkyard that was undocumented, and they built Bloody Mackenzie's mausoleum on top of the plague victim. That's crazy. Which is crazy. All in itself, just historically, that's insane. Yeah. But... I know you love that. Oh, I do. So, despite being hundreds of years old, the pit had remained well-sealed, and the corpse that greeted the man were far from skeletal. They were still kind of intact. They had semi-putrefied and were covered in green slime, and the rotten carcasses had sunken in features, ragged clothes, matted hair, and were emitting a horrendous stench. Wait, so those bodies were not... Because it was so well-sealed, they weren't open to the elements to properly decompose. Yeah. So how old were those bodies? Hundreds of years Stop. old. Stop. Yeah. And they were still, they had like. They still had hair. Uh, they still had, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. That reminds me of um, uh, Disturbio, the Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. When at the end, when he's like, when he's like in the basement of that, of the serial killer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, it's like, oh, seven. So, you know, that's right. on you, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, um, and that that happens sometimes, especially if the proper um, things weren't included in Mm -hmm. the mass grave to help aid the decomposition. Yeah. I mean, it it happens sometimes. It happens here in Savannah too, every once in a blue moon. But, you know, it it was just like a perfect storm of just being really well sealed. So anyways, so the uh, man obviously was desperately trying to flee the tomb um, not stopping even when he cut his head on the tomb's entrance and his like reckless descent. Yeah. Um, but a nearby security guard and his dog heard the noises coming from the Covenanter's prison area, and they started exploring that portion of the graveyard when they saw the flailing homeless man hurtling towards them. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so the sight of a bloody, filthy, bedraggled man kind of charging at them out of the crypt in the middle of the night was too much for the guard, and both the men fled separately into the night. So the security guard turned up for work the next day and relayed the tale of his encounter and promptly handed in his notice, and the homeless man was never seen again. Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, he probably was like, I'm getting that. Exactly. I got a dying going in here. But it's an important story, though, because it does kind of aid a little bit of the reasoning why uh, people think that his soul got started back up. Okay. But there was another woman um, who encountered him the next day. 
he she encountered Bloody McKenzie okay. the next day. The next day. Uh, yes. Oof. And this woman was kind of peering into the iron gates. Uh, we'll insert a photo of the mausoleum just so yeah. you can see it. The, I, I even have some that I took. I yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I can, I can just put a picture that I took in. But um, the... So you you're, you think that the uh, the homeless person um, disturbed? Yes. Bloody yeah. became, like woke him up. Yes, okay. basically, because I think he had been fully laid to rest. Sure. But whenever you disturb a grave or you um, start smashing coffins, you know that's yeah. not a especially <laughs> someone that evil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so this woman was looking into the gates of the vault, uh, vault's door, and was reportedly blasted back off of its steps by a cold force. Oh, okay. Um, and soon after, another woman was discovered sprawled on the ground near the tomb, her neck ha- having been ringed and had heavy bruising around her Ringed? Neck. Yeah, it looked like somebody... Strangled or... Yeah, like... Oh. That it looked like somebody had strangled her. Oh, wow. And... Um, so that's... Yeah, no, that's... And she had really heavy bruising around her neck. Okay. And she claimed that invisible hands had tried to strangle her. And similar injuries were found on another victim that day, and it, but it was a young man who was found lying opposite the vault. Okay. So soon it became too much for the Edinburgh City Council, and they just decided that... Yeah, that city's used to no crime. Exactly. No violence. And all of a sudden, there's, like, people being assaulted in a like graveyard. Like, Yeah. In and the graveyard's, like, city center. It's, like, yeah. I remember it was, like, right next to... Um, it's right next to Bobby. Yeah. 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 The cute little, the, the cute little ghost dog. Yeah. Yeah. So Statue. You, you pet his nose. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's... Uh, that's wild. Yeah. So the Edinburgh City Council, basically, they locked the mausoleum's doors and declared the location to be out of bounds by all but those of express permission to enter it. Yep. And when we were there, it was locked you up. You cannot go in I it. could not even, I couldn't even, I took a photo next to it, but I did not, you know, I couldn't even go in it. So there is only one tour company that's actually allowed to go over to that particular um, mausoleum because he had begged the city. Okay. So because of the history of it, it's important to be able to see the mausoleum. Yeah. Uh, but he begged the city and they gave him permission. And his name was Jan Andrew Henderson. So remember that name because that'll come into play later on. Okay. But since 1998, nowadays, there have been over 450 attacks what the mausoleum shut yeah up and that's just reported incidents are you serious yeah so that's just reported incidents so it could be higher than that 450 yep yo and about 180 of them have got attacked babe right i know it's crazy um and about 180 of them have lost consciousness and it 180 lost consciousness yeah Oh, my God. And then inexplicable fires have broken out, weird cold spots uh, around that area, and unusually high number of dead wildlife have been found in the vault's vicinity. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. So do you think that's Bloody McKenzie, or do you think that might be, like, souls from the plague victims? Or do you think Bloody McKenzie was like, hey, we need to team up plague victims, and let's let's mess these tourists up? Like. I, I don't know. I feel like because 
the plague victims? I don't know. That That's hard to ask because I feel like it's Bloody Mackenzie, personally. Yeah. He was a very violent Yeah, man. the plague victims probably weren't They're, mean they're not going to... Usually when you have mass graves, yeah. you're not going to see malicious activity. Sure. You usually experience sadness like sadness i mean you can totally experience cold spots or things like that that's normal around those types of places but you don't necessarily find people getting strangled by invisible hands you know which makes me believe that it's one particular entity because people are saying it's like a very similar experience every time yeah so but um, now, could could his could his grave have become like a portal? I mean, that is totally possible because you've got tons of dead bodies, you've got disturbed graves, you've got um, you got all the makings. Yeah, you do. You have all I mean, the all makings. All it's missing of is it. like a mirror, right? <laughs> the um, I personally think, though, with the case of Bloody Mackenzie, I could see him becoming so angry in the afterlife because he's surrounded by his bad choices <laughs> in life. Yeah. Um, losing his empathy and becoming yeah. something malevolent and he just doesn't want to be bothered. Especially because he, up until that point, have ha- had school kids coming up to his graves singing a, a children's riddle sort of thing like bloody mckinsey bloody mckinsey that's literally how it goes that's how it went yeah well bloody is bloody yeah that's how it's written out um phonetically is bloody um and so they come up to his grave and they try to like get aroused out of him so like you can imagine like having so many people talking about how awful you were and then also being around all the people that think you were awful and you killed them so so that's that's why serial killer being buried with all his victims you can imagine how yeah you know no understood disturbing that would be yeah well that would so on to the the rest of the awful things he's done um he has broken people's fingers he has he broke he broke someone's fingers yeah yeah he's broken fingers whoa he has pulled hair um and people have felt something punch and kick them he, uh, people have had unexplained bruises, scratches, burns, skin gouges, nausea, and numbness have all been frequently reported. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cameras and other... This dude crazy. Now, cameras and other electrical equipment malfunction in the area also. Yeah. And a lot of times, the, the weird thing about these attacks, though is that the physical signs of the attacks often go unnoticed until people get home and like or back to their hotels and then they realize because they suddenly see five scratches which tells me it's not a demon because demon scratch and three human entities things that were human scratch and five. Oh. so that's another reason why i believe it's bloody mckenzie okay but um and you so, said in the beginning that it it is a demon. Were you just using that as like a so catch-all term? That, that, so what I was saying is how Chris and I have talked about how demons come about sometimes. And so you have demons that are entities that were never alive. And their sole purpose like is B- to be Beelzebub a demon. Beelzebub type of deal. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Beelzebub, um, Baphomet, all those types okay. of demons. Sure. But you see some demons, and it's not as common, but it does happen is 
some demons form from a human that has lost all empathy and all type of um, mm. human emotion that they turn evil. Okay. And they turn demonic. Okay. So. Yeah. That's very possible of what's going on. Um, but they just do the five finger thing. Well, yeah, because they, you know, they don't try to uh, um, dishonor God with their activity. It's just they're evil. Okay. So. Yeah. You know, that's why demons scratch in three is to um, mock the Holy Trinity. Got it. But, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so people have reported things like phenomena such as um, things following them home, strange occurrences such as light bulbs blowing out and electrical appliances switching on and off by themselves. And a lot of this happens from the tour company that goes there. Um, their guests are the ones that report a lot of this because they're the only ones that go there. Wow. And so there, was, uh, there are some times where every participant on the tour will feel or see the same phenomena. And some of these events are, um, you know, like so intense that no one wants to continue with the tour. Really? Yes. And that tour is led by the Blackheart Entertainment Company, for any of you who are interested in who that I is. I kind of want to go. I know, right? I kind of want to go on I it, too. I want to get punched by Bloody McKenzie. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Blackheart Entertainment Company does a really good job, and they uh, keep a detailed record of all, and photographs of all the injuries sustained by visitors or um, on visitors at the mausoleum and its surrounding areas. They keep wow. total record They're so of proud it. of it. Very. Um, <laughs> and the frightening events are not limited to physical attacks. Uh, there are horrible aromas that arise that smell like sulfur. And uh, there's inexplicable laughing and growling that's been heard along with strange knocking sounds wow. that seem to emanate from beneath the ground. And in 2004, the, uh, there was a man who... Um, there, well, they were teenagers that broke into the mausoleum and cracked open the coffin and stole Bloody McKenzie's head at once. What? Yeah, which I think is another reason why he was so angry. It got returned. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it got returned. But I think it also really made him mad and amped up all of the activity, too, because obviously you don't take a, a horrible, malevolent spirit's head um, wow. but yeah, so they did restore it and, but the, the ghost still keeps going and seemingly the activity is not limited to just the mausoleum. There have been reports in the apartments around Greyfriars Kirkyard uh -huh. to have activity that they believe is related Wait, to that's Bloody one of the Wait, that's one of the apartments that you said you wanted. I still want it. Uh-huh. I still want it. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they have had reports of smashed plates, unexplained fires, objects um, operating, and which is, you know, just being there and then disappearing. Um, they've also had things levitate in these apartments. Wow. I mean, that just might be because they're like in a super well, yeah, haunted city. Exactly. No, I completely agree. But this is some evidence that people like to say is associated with Bloody McKenzie. Uh, but I completely agree with you. It's I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I think Bloody McKenzie is territorial. I don't think that he is going into people's houses and, you know, making, ooh, you know, ooh, well, this is levitating. And then I'm going to put it down. I'm not going to throw it in your face. You well, know? so exactly. So 
that's the thing is I feel like from what I've read about Bloody McKenzie, uh-huh. he only interacts with people back at their hotels or their homes if you interacted with him at his grave, which is a really interesting thing because he is not limited to. Yeah. Uh, but ghosts don't play by the same rules as us. They can, a lot of times, especially when their grave has been broken into multiple times, it makes a lot of sense that he's able to move about as he pleases. Sure. But what I'm saying is any activities yeah. that he's going to do are going to be mean. Yes, exactly. Like just hearing about this guy just while he was living and in the afterlife, all he wants to do is cause people pain. And, he pro- and you know, the fact that you're hearing growling and, you know, laughing. laughing I mean, he's enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so the in October 2003, the author of the book, The Ghost That Haunted Itself, um, which is about Bloody Mackenzie. Oh. Was And it was written by Jan Andrew Henderson, the owner of the tour company that goes to visit his oh, grave. Cool. Um, he had a fire that broke out in his home and at the company office in the same day. Oh. Yeah. And it, w- and it ravished uh, every single letter, photograph, what? record, and statement concerning the McKenzie poltergeist. And what? so he believes that it was bloody mckenzie that caused those fires okay so so he had records yes that were destroyed Mm -hmm. are we sure that he did not i mean i don't know the guy it might be a great guy i don't know but like are we sure that he didn't burn those to to kind of like just in case you know maybe he saw yeah uh interest mounting and then he's like and then he's like people are going to want to see these fake documents and burn them well here's the weird thing about it is that he had a fire break out in his house and the office which are not next to each other at the same time how does that happen you know well i mean he could have an accomplice i mean well okay I'm here's what i'm just trying to be i'm just trying to be the, the you know uh devil's advocate here um d- did the police investigate it I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm, I'm positive he probably reported it. If it's on record that this happened, I'm sure it was reported. Yeah, I mean, it's a fire in the city. Yeah. That, two two that, fires yeah, in the city. That's something that has to be reported, especially because it's got to be put out. And he's not somehow. in jail or no, anything like no, that. He's okay, not, He's not in jail. He's still, I mean, he's still running the tour. Um, okay. But, it, I mean, it is I'll possible, it him, though, that, you know, Bloody McKenzie was hoping that it would scare him into stop bringing people to his grave that's that's not a bad idea you know because that is maybe why he acts out so aggressively he's trying to get people to stop coming but it's all it's doing it's making people want to come more because they're like i want to be scratched (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um i want to i want to you know see if uh i kind of want to do this tour right um it sounds fun so there's a couple um theories as to why he's so active but um henderson the owner of the tour guide and the author he and his co-workers the tour guides have kind of created this theory of pheromones being the cause so pheromones are chemicals in which they are excreted or secreted and can influence the behavior of most species but humans can also be affected by the chemical signal signals so 
In the case of the, the mausoleum, it is hypothesized that the pheromones released by intense emotions of those who were tortured, imprisoned, and killed in the Covenanter's prison um, section have somehow imprinted upon the location and combined with the fear and the apprehension felt by the modern-day visitors. It's kind of like a whirlwind of emotions and um, pheromones, I guess, causing the nausea, the coldness, the dizziness, and some perhaps the um, effects of the poltergeist activity. So you're saying that the the dead are emitting Yeah, pheromones? so that's their theory. Is, it's a weird flex. Yeah, exactly. Like, So they believe that because so many people died in that area, uh-huh. um, that their pheromones left an impression upon the area, kind of like a residual haunting. But I don't know how much sense that makes because I feel like you have to be alive. Like, I don't know if pheromones leave a residual haunting in that way. Like, emotions can leave a residual haunting, mm-hmm. but I don't know if pheromones, because that is such a human thing and such a animalistic thing um, that's natural for living creatures. I just, I don't know yeah. how much sense it makes. But there is another theory that okay. I think actually makes quite a lot of sense for why it's so ramped up, the, at least the poltergeist activity. But to the rear of the mausoleum is the Edinburgh University's Artificial Intelligence Unit where a high-voltage machinery is housed. And Chris and I have talked about this a lot, that a lot of spirits gain their energy through electricity. Oh. And so if there is a super high-power electric thing right behind the poltergeist's it was like house, basically. Yeah. He could just be using all that energy that's always there, and that's why he's so powerful, and he's able to be so aggressive. Wow. Because it does take a lot of energy to strangle someone and leave a bruise or Yeah, someone. I mean, that's insane. I just thought it was like, you know, uh, so many people walking by and talking about him. Yeah, well, I mean, we are giving energy into it by giving it so much attention, but I'm telling you, when you have such, like, that's why people's phones go um, completely Jeez. drained. That's why, you know, electronics tend to stop working whenever kind of spirits are around and things like that. It's because they're using that power, that electricity to do whatever it is that they need to do. That's very interesting. Yeah. That's so very, are, that's such an interesting concept. So those are kind of the two theories behind why it's so active but personally, I... He's like supercharged. He is. He's like a super... It's like having a Duracell, you know, battery right behind you. <laughs> a Duracell <laughs> ghost, but... He's got a full-blown engine. He does. Wow. Yeah. So those are kind of the ideas behind Bloody McKenzie. I okay. still think that he is a demonic entity of sorts, more so than a poltergeist, in my opinion. Um, I disagree. I think, I think, think? I think he's a poltergeist. I think that he just, he is so malevolent that people can't even believe that he's not a demon. Yeah. I mean, that's that, I mean, you're the expert, but that's just my uh, commoner theory. Well, he comes up, uh, well, he harms so many people. That makes me believe that he has lost his empathy. He's lost his his humanity. it, It sounded like he never had empathy. Yeah. But it, or it, it, or humanity. Yeah, but like, you know, I don't know. That that's tricky. 
because he was an awful human being in life. But usually things that are harming and maiming in this way would be classified as demonic. I'm just saying. It's like... Sure. And I mean, he I, he's definitely at the minimum a poltergeist, but... Yeah, I think I think he's just he's just probably one of the most malicious spirits in the world. In my opinion, he's one of the most malevolent spirits that you could. I don't think he's a demon. I don't think he's a demon. I don't think that he looks like a creature or anything like that. Okay, but Jay, you don't you don't get that though. It's uh, demons don't have to look like a creature. No, I get that, but like I I get what you're saying. But you know, uh, all the demons that I've ever seen, they they don't look human. They just possess humans because they've never been a human. So okay, but you don't have to be inhuman to become a demon, though. Is what I'm saying is and they don't have to look inhuman sometimes demons are presented as some of the most beautiful creatures because they want to be able to manipulate you in that way because if they show up with horns and fangs you know yeah i mean I'll, i'll tell you i'll tell you right now that i believe that serial killers like you know bundy and gacy and all of those i feel like they have a demon attached to them or I've always thought because like a normal human being could never do anything like that and it it always makes me feel like you know maybe 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 what you're saying is 100% right in that you know people can become demons sure um or or they're just possessed by them um you know or both I've just always have thought well I'm talking about in the afterlife you can become a demon if you're choosing to give up all humanity and all empathy you can become a demon okay that's what i'm saying sure and so i'm usually the things that can maneuver where they want to have free free reign Mm -hmm. on um who they attack when they attack things like that usually classifies as a demonic entity they don't have to want to possess not all demons possess Gotcha. Um, because they don't have to, you know. Okay. And not all de- some demons want to possess because they want to have that uh, connection to the human realm. Even sure. More so, they want to have that vessel, but not all of them. That's not what every single demon wants. Gotcha. I so. still stand with malevolent spirit. Sure. And this is just me trying to decipher it. It's kind of tricky when you have somebody who was alive to decipher whether or not he has become demonic, he's showing signs to me at least that I believe that he is demonic now. Yeah. But I mean maybe it's because he was, you know, buried in a a, a Christian uh a, a Christian cemetery. Well, he so Greyfriars Kirkyard wasn't necessarily a predominantly Presbyterian Christian cemetery. It's because I think it's mostly, I don't think it would have anything to do with religion. I think it would have more so to do with the fact that he's literally buried around thousands of people. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. are unmarked, who he killed on his orders. No, that makes sense. So it would be more so that that's disturbing him. But I think it's a combination of things between the, all the people he killed around him on top of a mass grave having his grave been disturbed numerous times, constantly having people oogling and ogling at yeah, his grave yeah. and talking about how awful of a person he was and talking about him in general, 
kind of makes a perfect storm for, for sure. an evil spirit. All right, let's get to the ratings. Okay. All right. What, uh, what, what do you think? You go first. I am going to give Bloody McKenzie a nine. Dang, why do we always match? Right? We always hit the, I'm also going to give him a nine. Yeah. I feel <sighs> like he is a supremely evil spirit. Yeah. Um, he is very dangerous. I would not recommend going over there and doing anything kind of stupid. Yeah, we like, just, yeah, we just, oh, doing something stupid, sorry. Yeah. I should let you finish your sentence. Yeah, doing something stupid, like trying to summon him, trying to interact with him, trying to provoke him. I would not recommend doing anything like that. I would highly recommend, if you are going there, be respectful of the grave, which I mean, take the tour too. I yeah, mean, definitely like, take I mean, the tour. <laughs> I don't know them, and they're not—they're not sponsoring this. But it sounds like they got some, you know, approvals. Well, they're, they're the only people allowed that's to cool. do it, so you know, that's that's cool. I know I'm gonna go next time we go over there. Absolutely, we love it over there. Yeah, uh, um, I I'll plug Edinburgh all day. It's like one of the greatest cities on this planet. It is. It's I'll plug wonderful. it all day. Um, but yeah, uh, when we went to visit. McKen- uh, Bloody McKenzie's mausoleum. We were both very respectful of his grave, and you know, um, I partially was interested because it did inspire a portion of Voldemort's grave, which is Harry Potter nerd. Very much so, um, but we were very respectful, and I yeah. think that might be why we didn't I, get a lot of. I don't give a lot. I don't give many spirits a nine. Let's just put yeah, it that way. I that, that I mean the 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 number four hundred and fifty. That's crazy. Um, the idea that um, you know, like, also this brought this brought up. Am I supposed to judge? Am I supposed to judge these spirits based on what they did? In their real life too, because eighteen thousand people—that's a lot of—that's a lot of lives that are tortured and you know killed. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, brought it up in my mind that like you know should I be considering that? And honestly, I'm not. I'm not considering that because I am. Uh, we're rating hauntings. We're not rating yeah. people. You know, uh, and so that just that just makes me think that uh, even even with what he does now as a haunt like when he's haunting and all of that i am gonna give him for sure a nine because of i mean he sounds really 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 aggressive and it's like every it's like almost every single day sometimes yeah multiple times a day yeah and he's and he's got that battery behind him he, he that's, do. that's <laughs> what i'm going with he got that battery he got that battery um yeah i i think a nine is a good a good stance because I'm sure there is something in this world that, you know, is even more wicked. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he's up there. He is up there. Do not mess with this guy because sure. clearly he, he's, he's on some other type of stuff. So Yeah. So what, uh, what, what, who do we have next? Uh, next, for next, next episode. episode, we have Yamauba Ooh. from Japan. Ah. Yes. Sounds fun. Yes. Cool. Tune in for that. Absolutely. Awesome. But yeah, so this has been fun though. This has been a good episode. I've been a great episode. We'll happily talk about Scottish spirits all all day long. I love them. I know. They're great. We love Scotland. Well, Scotland's also just got like so many cemeteries just everywhere. So yeah. you know, it's um it's cool. But yeah, so next episode we're gonna talk about Yama Uba, who is a Japanese demon of sorts. Okay, I'm excited. Cool. Um, but 
We will see you next time. If you want to follow us for more content, make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. You can find us at the Savannah Underground on TikTok and Savannah Underground on Instagram. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon if you want to become a patron. Please. Yes. If yeah, you want the Patreon's going to gonna have both. The Patreon's going to uh, soon have both uh, the uh, Most Haunted City on Earth and From One to Wicked episodes. Before anybody else gets Before to see Before anyone else gets to see them. Like 24 hours. Honestly, as fast as I can cut them. You know, I cut them up and then I'll throw them right on uh, a, a cast, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, what Patreon works with. The podcasting feed that uh, host that Patreon works with, I'll throw it right up on there and you get it literally a week beforehand. Yeah. So if that's something you're interested in, we have multiple different tiers that give you different types of access to things. And oh, yeah. We're going to have a lot of really fun content over there. It's not just going to be early access. There will be extra episodes that are just for Patreon viewers. There's merch. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. And thanks out. so much for the people who have already become patrons. Yes. Yes. We really appreciate we you really guys do. because it does really help us continue doing what we're doing and make it even better. Um, and one of the goals is that if we do hit a thousand patrons, I believe it's a yeah, thousand patrons, y'all get to pick where we go in the world to do an investigation. No, oh, wait, no, that's, is that a thousand patrons? I think it's a thousand. Um, it could be one 5, of those 000. numbers. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's on there. All but right. one of those, um, it is, you get to pick where we go. And that's super fun. Um, yeah. If you want to see us go to Aokigahara um, Suicide Forest in Japan. Yeah, uh, Aoki Gohara is an option. Yep. Uh, uh, the the Paris uh, the um, catacombs. catacombs. Yeah, so that's an option. So we're and you know we're just gonna book the tickets and go. So awesome. All well, right. cool. Thank you all so much for uh, tuning in. We'll yep. see you in the next one. Absolutely. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm JT Timmons. And stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>